Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. Welcome to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Today, we're joined by Dave Buzz Baker, who covers the University of Kentucky in a number of capacities for WKYT. Of course, it's part of the UK Sports Network and the SEC Network. And we all remember Dave from his sideline days back at JP Sports. We had a fantastic conversation. So that'll be in the second half of the show. Excited about kickoff. It's 11 o'clock, Ole Miss in Kentucky. Not a lot can be said. Quarterback Will Levis versus quarterback Jackson Dart. And there's so many uh, interesting things with this game. Both these teams are 15-3 and three, their last 18 games. Saw that uh, tweeted out, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and a lot of similarities between these two teams. I think more than anything that we can take away from this is Ole Miss can have a good season if it loses against Kentucky. But in order to have a great season, it has to beat Kentucky. And the funny part about that is you could say that for the Wildcats as well. Because after Saturday's game, the only teams that they're going to be probably an underdog is possibly at Tennessee. And, of course, the Georgia game, the remainder of the games are going to be favored. And it's a great opportunity for Ole Miss to face a number, a top-ranked team in number eight, Kentucky. And the Rebels uh, coming in undefeated as well. Excited about the game. Excited about uh, bringing you all the content following the game. But let's get to Dave Baker. Here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Network, as we come to you from the Debbie Johnson of Kessinger Real Estate Studios. Debbie Johnson, you can reach her at all times at 662-689-0090. That's her cell. Or reach her at the office at 662-234-5555. It's a bustling market. It's wide open right now in uh, the city of Oxford and the surrounding area. But if you're looking for a spot, maybe in Jackson or maybe on the coast at Gulfport, I guarantee you, Debbie can get you in contact with who you need to talk to. But specifically in Oxford, it's wide open right now. Give Debbie a call if you're looking for maybe that apartment, you're looking for that commercial property, maybe you're looking for that real estate property that you want to lease out, or you're just looking for a spot yourself, a home, an apartment, a second home. Call Debbie today at 662-689-0090 here 
on the Believe in Omens podcast in the Debbie Johnson of Kessinger Real Estate Studios. Debbie Johnson, she's our real estate agent. She can be yours today. Also excited to partner with Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Bet Online, their promo code Believe50, B L E A V 50, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll get to Dave Bud, Buzz Baker in just a moment. Want to invite you to check out Rebs247.com. There's a big announcement coming as we record uh, early Thursday. This afternoon, by the time you listen to this, you may know Braxton Myers, a four-star cornerback, is going to make a commitment today. A couple of people think it's going to be Ole Miss. We'll give you the full details here on the Believe It Ole Miss podcast. Also on Friday, we'll bring you a special podcast of the Grove Collective. There's a big announcement coming. A lot of specifics. We'll know more tomorrow afternoon. Once that becomes public, we will uh, tweet out and uh, let you know everything that's going on with the Grove Collective. Some big things coming there. At the end of the day, we're excited you're part of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. We've grown beyond measure, and we're so grateful you've been along for the ride. Tell a friend. That's been the biggest uh, growth that we've seen, the grassroots effort. If you'd like to be a sponsor on the show, that's how we bring you the shows every single week. Just shoot us a direct message on Twitter at BradLoganCOTE. We'd love to uh, share with you how you can be a part of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. You can always download the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And now I wanted to let everybody know Believe has a package and a cooperative agreement with TuneIn. TuneIn Radio, where you get uh, a number of the NFL games, the college football games. Now you can get all of your music. You can also get all of your podcasts. Be sure and uh, check out the TuneIn app, as that's just yet another spot where you can get the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. Dave Baker coming up right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Network. It's going to be a great day and Saturday as Ole Miss and Kentucky get ready to do battle at 11 o'clock. We'll get to Dave Baker right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Network. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code Believe50, B L E A V 50, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. But online where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Alderson Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or quite frankly anywhere in Mississippi, that is your go-to. Remember, real estate industry since 2003, looking for that special ag property, maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5500. 
5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate family at KessingerRealEstate.com, and Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate to Oxford. Part of the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor, 662-234-5555, or call her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson, a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. And welcome back into the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. And our good friend Dave Baker is joining us now. Dave's, of course, an anchor with WKYT there in Kentucky. He's also part of the UK Sports Network and the SEC Network and a familiar voice of Jefferson Pilot Sports. Dave, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for uh, jumping on today. Brad, glad to do it. Great to visit with you. How are things there? We're doing well. And I think from an Ole Miss standpoint, you you and I kind of talked off air a little bit. Very similar, very similar programs in regards to their arc, and you know both these teams fifteen and three after their first eighteen games under Mark Stoops, and of course Lane Kiffin. I think you look at the points of the season where Ole Miss is, where Kentucky is. If either of these teams win, you you know you and I talked about uh, Kentucky. You've got Carolina, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Missouri, and then you've got Georgia, Louisville, and then Vanderbilt. If Kentucky wins this game on Saturday, Buzz, I think this could be a really special season for the Blue. It could. It could. Absolutely. I think that, uh, uh, you know, Tennessee has gotten better uh, more quickly than maybe some people thought. So they've still got games with the Vols and certainly with Georgia uh, ahead of them. Uh, but but this is a big one. Uh, they, they've obviously had success on the road where they won that game 
uh, at Florida, and, and Florida certainly is maybe not as good as advertised early, but still uh, anytime you get a win down there, it's a good one. And then the big deal for the Cats this week is uh, is they get Chris Rodriguez back, the top returning rusher in the SEC, and, and, the, and the offense has been a little up and down at times. They've they've got some great young receivers, and, and they got that big arm and escapability of Will Levis, but there's no question that Rodriguez is going to help. In your opinion, do you think maybe Mark Stoops looked at the Tulsa film and thought, you know what, Davis Brands is a big quarterback, very similar to Will Levis in his throwing pattern. He had a lot of success against this Ole Miss team early before he went out with an injury. And also, on the flip side, defensively, Ole Miss, uh, Tulsa kind of limited Ole Miss in the second half. I would like to think that Mark Stoops probably may be looking at a couple of those things. Yeah, very well could be. I think, you know, I, I think, Brad, I think it's a really – similar deal between between Mark uh, and between Lane Kiffin. I, I think they've they've both matured um, personally. I think they've both matured as head coaches. Uh, I, I think early in their head coaching careers, uh, you know, they were, you know, they had their stuff and, and they were convinced that if their stuff was run right, everything would be good. But I, and, and while they still got their core tenants, I, I think they've evolved and they're now comfortable and have the talent around them to do what it takes in a particular situation. And and without the uh, without Rodriguez early in the season, I think Mark Stoops has has done uh, certainly more with the passing game than maybe he used to be comfortable with. And then I think on defense too, you know, he still believes in uh, you, you know applying pressure with defensive coordinator Brad White. He believes in getting guys back in the secondary who can make plays, but it's kind of interesting since he's been here, I think he's gone away from the bigger, more athletic guys in the secondary to the guys who are maybe a little smaller, but certainly faster and can make plays on the ball. And, and that has, has been, there've been a couple games for Kentucky that they have, they have turned the tide by picking off the football. Yeah, and that was kind of leading into my next question. In your opinion, you've seen this Kentucky team up close and personal. What are some of their strengths on defense? You know, Ole Miss is going to try to solidify the run as best it can. Sure. Question, question is right now, is Zach Evans, the former five-star running back, has been dealing with a hip pointer. He's questionable. The freshman Quinshawn Jukins expected to go full force. What do you think Kentucky's going to have to do defensively, and what are your concerns if you're a Kentucky fan about this Ole Miss offense? Well, I, th- I, I think you got to stop the run i mean again you know to speak to what i was just saying i think i think lane kiffin realized okay you're home all right it's an early kickoff which we're familiar with in the old jp days but i I don't think home fans like but we can talk about that later in this show but uh you know i think he feels like whatever level of confidence he's got in his own defense he knows the more that he can keep will levis and rodriguez and those young wide receivers off the field the, the better off they are. So I, I think and Kentucky has had times there, there have been people that, that have been able to gain yards on them, you know, right up the middle. And, and so I, I think they're good uh, at the linebacker spot. I think they're maybe not as good as they have been in recent years on the defensive line. Uh, and so I think it has taken some more uh, scheming, maybe some more stunts by Brad White. But, but I, what I've been impressed with, with, with this staff it is in every game this year, they have made good, solid, positive adjustments at the half. The other thing that Stoops has talked about this week is this team has been a slow starter 
on offense and defense at the beginning of games. And again, you're on the road, early kickoff, unfamiliar surroundings. Uh, you know, I, I say that, that Lane Kiffin, I believe, will try to control the ground game. But because of those starts, it's also entirely possible that, that he's looked at these Kentucky slow starts and he tries to take a shot early on. I'm absolutely fascinated by this game. I have no idea what direction it's going. I think maybe Ole Miss gets a little edge because it's his home. That would be the only reason these two teams match up really, really well. One thing I wanted to ask you about, Dave, is there's been some things leak out of Kentucky that maybe Mark Stoops not altogether pleased with that offensive front. Is that something, a uh, cause of concern uh, for Kentucky going forward? You know, I don't know if concern is the right word. I, I think I'd be better. I don't want to duck it, Brad, but I think I'd be better able to answer that question after this week. H- has has the offensive line taken a step back? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Or is it the fact that you haven't had Rodriguez in there to pound it up the middle, and even if you don't get a completely clean block, he can make guys miss or run over them. And if you've got him in the lineup, it not only opens things up for Levis, but it opens things up for Cavassier Smoke, who's the second running back, who's a guy that is, you know, a burner kind of guy, a guy you get out on the edge. And because they haven't had Rodriguez and because of injuries, they've had to run him, uh, you know, between the tackles. So I think, you know, is there concern about the offensive line? I think we find out after this week and how they look with Rodriguez back. Not the greatest question, but I don't know how to ask it. How good is Chris Rodriguez to you, Dave? I mean, how how good is he in regards to running backs that have come through in the past and maybe how he shapes up against other other running backs in the conference? No, I understand what you that's not a bad question at all. I mean, he's a guy that that obviously, you know, most people in today's game of football, whether it be college or pro, they don't use the running backs the way they used to in the past, right? I mean, uh, they're more like a a, a change-up guy with the way people throw it around the ball yard, but he probably, he got more yards than anybody last year in the conference. And I don't have stats in front of me, but I'm going to guess he had more carries than anybody in the conference. Uh, He's a guy that to this point has been very difficult to bring. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's got a burst at the line of scrimmage. And once he makes somebody miss, he can get you another 10 yards. I, I, I think he's probably, you know, as you look down the road and everything, probably like every other running back in the world right now. They all know that because of the possibility of injury, they have got uh, the, the opportunity to, to go out at, at any point in time. And, and so, you know, you just try to get as much out of them as you can. You kind of try to spot them where you can. But the one thing, you know, just with him missing the first four games, he's going to come in as probably the freshest guy on the field. Will Levis, the quarterback for Kentucky, and, and I had a chance to see Mel Kuyper's mock draft. And, Buzz, I, I was taking a look at that, and, and number two on that list was Will Levis, and number three was Bryce Young out of Alabama. I I was kind of taken aback by that a little bit, but not necessarily about why he's ranked that high. But in your opinion, what makes him so good? What makes him run this system just like Mark wants him to? Well, you know, he's a he's a very cerebral guy. He understands things. His uh, Both of his parents – uh, were very successful D1 athletes, uh, and and so you know obviously he comes from good stock, but he's got a he's got a very high IQ, and uh, you know he had the he, he had the good fortune when he made his transfer decision to make a good choice, not only because of what Kentucky was doing with its program, but because he got that year under Liam Cohen, 
And, you know, we see, obviously, what the Super Bowl champs thought of Liam Cohen when after one year in college they brought him back to be their offensive coordinator. And and so I, I think he sees the field really well. Uh, he has developed and doesn't try to put it into tight windows as much as he used to. And, and he's the kind of guy that, that players will just give themselves up for. I mean, you've seen the deals that, you know, if you're a Kentucky fan, it just stops your heart because he's leaping over people. He's putting his shoulder down, uh, you know, to try to run over somebody in the secondary. He's holding on to the ball a little longer to complete a pass. And, uh, you know, Rich Scangarello, who came in from the 49ers, who's the new offensive coordinator, has talked to him about, you know, saving his body a little bit. And, and he said to him last week, he said, listen, if you're able to slide four or five times a game, th- that could turn into thousands of snaps for you at, at the next level. The, the other thing is, is as good as he's been, as great a leader as he's been, he's just been blessed to have some really good wide receivers. I, I mean, Wondell Robinson, obviously, uh, you know, got a little dinged, but uh, the New York Giants had him starting in week one. And then he's just got uh, a bunch of really good wide receivers. They got Tavion Robinson, who transferred in for Virginia Tech. And then a kid from here in Lexington, um, uh, Dane Key, his dad, Dante, played for Jerry Claiborne back in the 80s. He didn't have a touchdown catch the last game, uh, but he, he was the first freshman in Kentucky history. I think he tied to have a touchdown catch in each of his first three games as a true starter. He's a big guy who can get himself open. And, and not to sound, try to sound like a coach, he can really high point the football. And that makes it easy when you're Levis and you can throw it up to guys like that. You know, Dave, you and I have been around a while. We've covered uh, the SEC for a while. You a little bit longer than me, but I can date back into the, the <laughs> late 80s. More than a little. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I can date back into the late 80s, the early 90s. You know, I could point out a couple of low points in this program at Kentucky. And what, oh, Mark, sure. what Mark Stoops has done is it's not impossible but I can assure you, other folks are, are noticing that, and and that leads me into my next question. There are going to be a number. Sure. Of, there are going to be a number of job openings. Number one, I think, where he would be a perfect fit would be Nebraska. Number one, what is Kentucky going to do? Do you think they can hold on to Mark Stoops? And number two, do you think it may be an opportunity where he thinks he can, he's done all he can do at Kentucky? And he may be looking to move along. No, I, I think there are a couple of things, and I think first of all, uh, you know, and and athletic directors, I think have a tendency to get more criticism than they do praise for the good things that they do. Uh, but, you know, Mitch Barnhart hung in there with him. And and I don't know if Mark would tell you this now. And I can't remember when it was, maybe three, four, five years ago. But there was, there was a game, uh, and they were struggling. And they were playing South Carolina. And they won on a field goal at the gun. And there were a lot of people around here on the inside that felt like if he didn't win that game, it might have come to an end right there. But he won that game. They hung in there with him. He got his coaching staff the way he wanted. He got kids in here that he wanted. I think they got extremely fortunate at quarterback. There was a period of about three, four years where they got some people late that were transferring or hadn't been picked up. I think the staff and Vince Marrow is the lead recruiter. I think they do a great job, number one, of identifying talent early, getting in and establishing that relationship with that talent and keeping that relationship. And then I think they just do a really nice job of coaching guys up. You know, they've had some turnover because other people have had chances to go to different places. You know, Matt House, uh, who was a buddy of mine, uh, went to uh, 
the Kansas City Chiefs and was there for a Super Bowl championship, and now he's the coordinator at LSU. Uh, and so they've had some people like that. Here's what I would say. I think Mark is somewhere up around 6 or $7 million a year. And he uh, is very loyal. I mean, the Stoops boys from up in Youngstown, they've got a, uh, I mean, as the old saying goes, they are thicker than thieves. Yeah. And they stand by people who stand by them. And so I think it would be very difficult uh, to get him out of here for the Nebraska. To say he wouldn't leave for any job, I can't say that. But for the Nebraska job, I mean, you know, Tom Osborne ain't walking through that door, right? I, I mean, they don't have that state locked up like the way that they do. And I, I understand we're we're here in the SEC footprint, but I, I just, you know, respectfully, why would you want to go to Nebraska when you're at Kentucky? And in the SEC, I understand Nebraska has that cachet, but but Nebraska, I mean, they brought one of their own, you know, they brought one of their own back, and it was just a disaster. But, you know, being in the SEC, competing against the best, I, I mean, if they were to win this week, I mean, they'd be in the top five, right, probably? Yeah, I they mean, would. And, and how far away is Nebraska from the top 20, much less the top five? It is an entirely different situation when Rick Pitino came here in basketball. The key for him was getting Jamal Mashburn. And you can get one or two guys in basketball, and you can make an incredible turnaround in a short period of time. It's it's more manageable to do something like that in college football now because of the immediate transfer rule. But it's much more difficult just because of the numbers game. Real quick, you brought up basketball, and we won't get on this because you and I could talk all day about UK yes, basketball. Real quick, why did John Calipari make that comment in regards to football? I don't think he meant to, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> John being John. Yes. I know. I remember John well, back when I covered him in Memphis and he's got well, quite the ego. Well, you know, he's, he's a great talker, but let me ask you this. You've done all kinds of talk radio and everything like I have. The only the times I would either get in trouble or get close to getting in trouble on the air is when I'd say it was an infamous phrase. Let's take one more call. <laughs> and it was always that one more yeah. call that got you jammed up, right? Yeah. And it's like, damn it, I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. Uh, but but John was talking, and it had been a long conversation with reporters. I'm told it had taken place, he was about 40 minutes in. There was only a small handful of reporters that went to cover the team when they played in the Bahamas. And, um, you know, it just kind of came out. And I know he didn't mean it. And... I know he regretted it as soon as it happened, but it got him jammed up on a lot of different fronts. Right. And and, and I'm telling you, the Stoops boys, now, you know, uh, Mike, if, all you got to do is is Google, go Google Mike Stoops sidelines, and yeah. you'll see some incredible video. But Mike, of course, is coaching the linebackers here for Bark this year. And, you know, Bob could be volcanic at times, but not like those other two. But, I mean, he just wasn't going to take it. and And so – I understand what Cal was trying to say. I understand Mark's reaction. And, you know, Cal's just, you know, you know, Mark has gone out there and he's just won, right? And so Cal's in a situation now, I think there's a big year for him. You know, he just needs to get out there and win. We've been through COVID and all this other stuff. And I, I, I think expectations uh, are, are extremely high for him this year. Here's the funny part about it, Dave. I think it was a win-win for both programs. 
I think it, it shined a light on the football program. It showed the Kentucky fans that their head coach is not going to take anything off anyone, including the basketball yeah. coach. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, I've seen him on the sidelines. I'll be honest with you, it's a lot of fun to watch this Wildcat football team because you never know what Mark's going to do. I mean, oh he, he might light up that side judge and, you know, we've seen him get personal fouls and that sort of thing, but it's almost like the fan base endears him. And so I, oh. def, I definitely wanted to ask about that because I, I, I guess I had a little different spin being 10,000 feet away. Well, no, it, you know, it, it is good, but, uh, you know, internally, I mean. Well, I'm sure that's quite know, difficult I, conversation internally. Well, well, what what happened was 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 Mark, not Mark, but Cal wanted to, he's wanting to do some upgrades over there at, at the place where he practice. And I mean, they're they're not really practice upgrades. He's wanting to do like a like what Alabama did, you know, do kind of a wow thing for yeah. when recruits come to campus because the on campus facilities, you know, are great. But, you know, they don't have all the flashy stuff they do down at Rupp Arena, which is off campus. And so I think he had gotten the word that that, that wasn't going to happen. That wasn't in the budget process right now. And so, you know, I think he tried to lob a trial balloon out there or something, and it was kind of clumsy, and it just kind of fell flat. Uh, but, um, you know, Mark, in the meantime, just last week got a – seven and a half million dollar gift they still don't have a hundred yards in their current indoor practice facility so that's going to help them to upgrade that and build a new facility for track and kentucky's track program the last several years i mean several people in the uh, uh in the olympics winning gold medals and uh, uh setting world records and so they've kind of taken off too and and so listen you, you know how things are around here if he comes out and he wins, everything will be right with the world. Yep. And, and if there's a struggle early in the season, then it'll be like it is the end of the world. So winning takes care of a lot of that stuff, and I think that'll be the case this year. There's no doubt. And, 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 and Dave, you know as well as I do, the SEC has the most passionate fans, both in college football and college basketball, oh. and they like their coach stepping out on, for their program. And I just think it was a win-win for both those programs now real quick before you let you go you and i talked briefly or you talked earlier in the broadcast about that 11 o'clock game well back in the day at 11 27 or so uh the jefferson pilot game of the week would kick off you were a vibrant part of that along with dave neal and dave Rowe, and uh we miss it and you and i have talked numerous times about that how much that jp uh football game was a fabric of our of our youth the fabric of growing up and i know a fabric of your broadcasting career oh sure and you know the the really interesting thing about it now brad is i don't think there's been any uh, announcement or anything uh, but but i understand from people that i stay in contact with around the league that um that fox's big noon kickoff has has apparently attracted an audience has gotten some traction so much to the fact that there is a desire, I'll put it this way, a desire from the league office to have better matchups in the noon or 11 o'clock central kickoff window. And and I think fully that that's why this Kentucky Ole Miss game is at noon. Because when it first came out, everybody's like, wow, that's a great matchup. Why are they playing that at noon? Well, I, I think the league sees some inroads being made by that Fox package 
and, and they wanted better matchups. I mean, typically during October, Kentucky has been able to negotiate with the league about not having day games in Lexington unless they just can't avoid it during October when Keeneland's running. So I think uh, South Carolina's in next week, and then Mississippi State is in the week after next. The South Carolina game is a night game. I would just about bet money that that Mississippi State game is going to be in the afternoon, which would never have happened before. So um, we loved it. We loved it. Everybody, home fans didn't like it much. Um, Every away team liked it because they like to play a game and then get back and get on with their day. But it was just uh, it was just such a privilege for me to be involved with it. Still have, have so many great friends like you around the league that we still uh, hear from. Um, you know, I, I guess they ran out of people, uh, you know, because earlier this week I was uh, I was inducted into the uh, Kentucky Broadcasters Association Hall of Fame. Yeah, congratulations, and, Dave. I, I didn't uh, know that. Congratulations to you. Yeah, it, it was it was not a widely aired event or anything, <laughs> but but, but I, the only reason I bring that up is because some of the first texts that I got, you know, I got um, uh, I got a text from Scott Strickland, the AD down at Florida. I uh, got a um, got a text from um, uh, Kerry Tharp, who was the longtime uh, sports information director at South Carolina, who's now the president at Darlington Raceway. And, and just guys that we've worked with over the years, men and women. And, and I mean, it's just, you know, I don't know if we could do it or not. I think there's a spot for it. I, I, if, if, if I could be programmer for a day, the way people do things, what I would do is I would do one of the SEC games every week as a throwback game. Use throwback uniforms that schools could sell. Use uh, the old graphics and everything and, and use the throwback announcers. But who knows? I, I just think that would be a neat spin to put on it. Maybe you don't do every game, but you know, some of those folks are doing those throwback games now. Maybe you do one a year or something like that. I've exchanged messages with Dave Rowe, who by the way is doing really good. I know you stay in contact with Dave and of course yep. uh Dave Baker, uh yourself, and then the other Dave is Dave Neal, who is Dave uh, Neal. working with Deuce McAllister now on the SEC network. Dave's doing very, very well. Uh you know, looking back at some of those games, I think you know, you look back in the late 80s, early 90s, how integral was Jimmy Rayburn in what we see now as both ESPN and the SEC Network? His foresight is something I don't think people talk enough about. Oh, no question. I, I mean, I, I referenced him uh, at the ceremony uh, the other night. He was a guy that, uh, uh, you know, would keep you on the straight and narrow, but he would identify people and just kind of let you, let you do your thing. He was uh, – incredibly tight with everyone at the SEC. But Jimmy was actually working for Lorimar. And for people that don't remember Lorimar, Lorimar was the production company that did the series Dallas. So Jimmy was based in Dallas. He had a um, uh, a condo, which, I mean, it's been like 30 years now, and he still owns it. Uh, and supposedly he only had a black and white television in there. And they came to him and said, we want you to put this syndicated package together. And one of the very first games that they did was a basketball game up in Cincinnati between UC and Kentucky. And uh, Tony Yates was the guy who was coaching at Cincinnati. And this was when Joe B was coaching. And they decided to play four corners. And the game ended like 45 minutes earlier yeah. than it was supposed to. And they didn't have any studio. They couldn't kick it back to the stations. 
And so Tom Hammond and Larry Conley were, they were filling and, and they said they were turning lights off and, you know, little kids up there messing around were throwing money at them. And it was just unbelievable. But despite how that went, it opened the door for this syndication. And I, I remember one of the things that uh, when Jimmy negotiated this deal with Roy Kramer, one of the things he said was, now, listen, you're not going to be able to, you know, don't think you're going to get some of these games, da, 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 da. But, you know, kind of looking back, one of the games he said was George Auburn, South's oldest rivalry. And we did that game once or twice, I think. Um, you know, and, uh, then I was just looking back and I, I, you know, people bemoan Twitter. I love it for the good stuff. Somebody posted yesterday that yesterday was the 14th anniversary of the Tim Tebow game. Nobody will ever work harder. Da, 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 da. And of course that was the old Miss game. Mm-hmm. And I remember that game. I had to go through like three shirts because as soon as I came on for the pregame show, the sky's just empty. And then the swamp became the swamp because it was like a thousand degrees. And when that game was over, I can't remember her name, but Houston's wife, they were trying to arrest her because she was coming down on the field to be with Houston. And I mean, it took some cajoling. I believe not surprisingly that Langston Rogers was right in the middle of that deal and kept her from getting arrested. But, you know, we had some, we had some great moments like that. And you know, it just shows the balance of the league. And uh, it, like I said, it was a joy to do it. I loved every minute of it. We had, uh, I, I mean, the stories, we could go on forever. I, as, a, as a broadcaster, I'll give you this, and I know you're tight on time, but I remember they had the SEC basketball tournament one year in Memphis at the Pyramid. And... Um, one of the things that happened was when the lights went out in like the first session and just all kinds of stuff. So the night before the tournament, the Auburn radio crew was rolling in and it was uh, Jim Fife. Gosh, I can't remember who was doing the games with him. At that it wasn't time. sunny back then, was it? It was, it was not sunny. It was not sunny, but, but Jim was not only a great broadcaster, but a great fellow, a great storyteller. He was from Paintsville, Kentucky, and his brother still lives here at Lexington. And so they pull into the hotel and they give their keys to the, uh, uh, to the valet, went up and got checked in and they come back to go to the arena the next day. And they had not given their keys to the valet. Oh, they, no. had, they had given their keys to somebody who absconded with the car yeah. and all their broadcast equipment. And so literally they went around to everybody there and it was all the SEC radio guys that gave them uh, enough equipment yeah. to get on the air before they could get going again. But honestly, they was ballet and it was some guy who stole. And you just, you just can't make stuff like that up. No, I mean, you can look back at the, at the tornado game in Atlanta with basketball with, uh, with yeah. of course, Joe B., not Joe B. Hall, but uh, Joe Dean Jr. and Tim Brando. And Tim, to this day, has a ton of stories. Of course, you work with Dave Archer oh. uh, out of Atlanta. It's just a cast of thousands, and there's just so oh, many gosh. great stories. Yeah, I was doing sidelines on that uh, tornado game. And, you know, obviously they've had the documentary and everything that's on. But as I tell people, the amazing thing is that, you know, I forget who it was that hit the shot. He hit, yeah. Whoever hit the shot. Saved everybody, myself in included. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People were going back and everything. And, of course, Kentucky was – they were supposed to play the next game against Georgia. And Dennis Felton was on his way out. Our broadcast crew, we met, you know, all of our JP folks 
Mike Slive was in his early days as the commissioner, but he was in the because he was the chair of the NCA D1 basketball committee, and they were getting ready for selection Sunday. So we all met back there in a little room, you know, for at least a couple hours, figuring out what to do. And then once we got the word we were going to Georgia Tech, um, you know, then, I mean, literally worked all night to get things set up. And then you go over there that next morning and they that game. And then Dennis Felton, who was on his way out in Georgia, uh, gets that big shot from Zach, Zach Swan, who, who finished Kentucky. There were only about 100 people in Georgia Tech. I don't know how they got in. And then Dennis goes on and wins the tournament and gets another year before his career came to an end down there. So, it, it, But you just make so many great relationships and people that you run into uh, out of basketball and football. And, you know, I, I did everything in the world in the league. Let's see, I did, I did women's soccer. I never got to do the golf tournament, which I – uh, which I still bang on Mark Whitworth for when he was the assistant commissioner. But uh, I helped out w- uh, with the gymnastics and things like that. And, I mean, really, just every town you go to, every school you visit, it's like how so-and-so doing. And don't get to see those folks as much but when they come through Lexington, but it's but it's always and, – and now you know a lot of those folks, Brad, I hate to say it from my standpoint, yeah. they've retired, you know, so – uh, and that's a good thing. And maybe one of these days I'll, I'll make that happen. Not, not anytime Oops. soon. Not anytime I soon. Not. I, I, I had a chance to see, uh, Dave, um, Dave Neal in the press box not long ago. And I, and I think I've told you this, I know I've told Dave Rowe this, a lot of my life's moments are centered around the JP game of the week. And I know that sounds weird, but I know exactly where I was the moment that you oh, guys sure. called that egg bowl to where Ed Ogeron got fired the next day. Uh, there's so many moments of that JP game that that that, that will live on in infamy, and uh, it's just a, it was an honor to to have you on the program. I know we've talked before, right. but it's always great to relive those memories. Sure. Let let me give you one more quick one about that. I don't think I've ever told this story publicly, so I'd heard all this stuff was going on, right? And I was doing sidelines on that game, right? And if you remember, what happened was he went for it on fourth down, right? Yes. Like almost like at midfield, and mm-hmm. they stopped him. And then I forget who Croom's kicker was, but they, they hit a field goal at the buzzer. Carl. So that's exact great call. Yeah. Great call, Brad. So before the game, I'm out there talking to Ed as I always do and everything. I said, dude, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of stuff. Are you okay? Oh, yeah. And I'm told that it was Tim Mullins, right, who was the trainer. Right. I'm told that Orgeron went back in the locker room and just started racing. Holy, who is what, what is he talking about? And so, you know, we got out that day and I got a call from one of our producers uh, at about, uh, oh gosh, 10 or 11 the next morning. I was out walking or something with the kids and, and that he had gotten canned. And I'm like, and, and it wasn't until after that that I heard this story. And he never said anything to me or anything like that. The, the other one that, that I'll always remember, and, you know, we looked at it just a couple of weeks ago when, uh, former UK coach Guy Morris passed away, but I was the guy that was down on the sidelines uh, for the Bluegrass Miracle. And, oh, yes. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Who was and the so, quarterback for uh, for, for uh, LSU that game? Devery Henderson caught the ball. Was it Herb Tyler? I can't remember. I, I, I think it was. I think it was. And, um, you know, um, I, I think you're absolutely right. And so I was standing just outside the coach's box. And I mean, I was like about arm's length from Guy Morris and I didn't get wet, but I could see the stuff that was being dumped on him and everything. 
and there were some college kids who were with me. And I said, put your stuff underneath, okay? And hang on to this cable because they're coming over the wall on this deal. And, uh, you know, Kentucky had not had a ton of stuff, you know, to be excited about after the end of the Hal Mummy era and everything. And that darn thing happened. So I was standing there next to Guy, and they have still got the footage in the Raycom archives. You can't see this, but you can see my interview with Nick. And um, I was down at about the far 30, getting ready to get Gaimo. And when that ball was caught, I had to sprint down between all these people who had already run on the field thinking they had won the game. And I caught Nick at about the 10. And they have got a, They would put the camera on me so that Dave and the guys in the booth would know when to throw it to me. And I caught him about the 10. And that was... That was the most sir. We, we got through with that broadcast and we all went back to the truck like, what in the name of good? Because we couldn't see what happened on the field. I went back to the truck and said, show me this thing. I mean, it was it was crazy. The the, the picture that, that I'll never be able to forget is that after they douse him, when they go to the air, he catches the ball. He's running towards the side. He's running towards the end zone for a touchdown and all the Kentucky fans on that, I don't know if it's the north yes. or the south end zone, or running onto the field, it was the most insane thing I've ever seen. I, I'd forgotten that you guys called that game. And, and then, they, then they were putting their hands up like what happened and everything. And, and you know what? It just shows you just just how precious life is with all this flooding and all this stuff. I mean, you know, you, you don't think about it a lot because we're all so busy. But, you know, we lost Guy Morris three or four weeks ago, I guess, due to Alzheimer's. And then Jared Lorenzen, who was the quarterback. Yeah and who actually dumped the Gatorade on him. You know, we lost him several years ago at far too young an age. So, uh, you know, you're right. It is life moments. You you remember doing a game and, and getting on a plane and, uh, you know, you had a child born or something. I remember the first game we did after 9-11. I can't remember who the opponent was, but it was a game at Mississippi State. And some people asked me, said, aren't you nervous about getting on a plane? And no disrespect or anything, but I said, you know, Starkville is not a real high on the terrorist target list. I think I think I'm I think I'm pretty good going to Starkville, and uh, but there's all kinds of stuff like that. And and and, and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you, but some of the some of the best times uh, were were down at Ole Miss or State. I mean, it's just wonderful place to be. I've still got. Friends that I met, a young lady and her husband uh, who live in Oxford. And I first met her when she was in the Ole Miss band. And uh, they're married now and come up and see us every now and then. And I remember spending uh, Thanksgiving night at the Hotel Chester in beautiful downtown Starkville. And uh, for that game, the Friday after Thanksgiving. And uh, I, I was just really blessed to be a part of that deal. And People have been so kind to all of us. Uh, I know Rob Reichley, our producer, he was at, uh, he's still doing some ACC stuff. And he was at Wake Forest uh, a couple of weeks ago, got to spend the day with Dave Rowe. And uh, he and his wife used to be up in Boone, North Carolina, up there at Appy State. Now they've moved down to Greensboro. And uh, and then I get to see Dave whenever, whenever he comes to town. And 
his kids growing up and everything. And it's just, you know, it's just kind of a lifetime thing. And it, it, it was, it was really great. It, it's just hard to explain, but, but you'll have a connection with maybe, a, at least I say you, myself, I'll have a connection with someone in Arkansas and we'll, we'll relate back to a JP game. Yeah. And honestly, you know, Dave, I mean, I know you understand this. It's almost like one big happy family. And it's cool to see those memories live on and to be able to rehash those because those are some of the greatest uh, moments in SEC history, and I'll, I'll continue to, to stand by that. And thank you so much for joining us, Dave, for, for the Kentucky preview, but more importantly because looking back about the days you were part of that J.P. Sports crew, that's something that I cont- uh, continue to hold very special to my heart. Well, I appreciate it, Brad. Thanks so much, and thanks to all your listeners and everything for all their kind words over the years. And who knows? Maybe you could put that. Maybe you could put that uh, uh, that throwback game together and make some coin on it as well. I think that's a great idea. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Brad. And thanks to Dave Baker for joining us as we previewed Kentucky. But I think more than anything, I hope you really enjoyed all of those stories from our youth back when it was the uh, the JP game of the week. And there's so many great moments. And I appreciate Dave coming on the podcast and, t- and talking about that. I think it's great that we continue to keep those things at the forefront so so the younger generation can appreciate just how much we love the JP Game of the Week. Thankful for our sponsors today as we come to you from the Debbie Johnson of Kessinger Real Estate Studios. Be sure and give uh, Debbie a call at 662-689-0090 or call her in the office at 662-234-5555. If you're looking for that real estate property in or around Oxford, or anywhere around the state of Mississippi, to be honest with you. Just give Debbie a call. She can help you out. She's our real estate agent. She can be yours today. Also excited about Bet Online and what they're offering now. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every single league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device, and you can join and make your very first sports bet. Use the promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Remember, big announcement on Friday at 1 o'clock. We'll have it for you right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at BradLoganCOTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.